Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show. This is Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast for Friday, April 8th, 2022, year five of the Beantown Podcast. What is going on? How are you? What's happening? My name is Quinn. This is Mike One. This is Mike Two. I am so thankful that you're joining us. I'm jumping between microphones like Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness back to Mike One uh, because we have a very special guest coming on the show in just a little bit here. And this was actually not only our, our live show that I'm about to pause to check, but um, also our audio check, which those were basically the same thing. So I'm physically about to pause and uh, we're going to come right back in. Actually, you know what? Let's... For the ease of the listener's sake, so we don't really break the space-time continuum, let's wait for our Scott Joplin to play us out, and then uh, then we'll do a quick pause, and we'll come back in. I hope everyone's doing okay. It is uh, kind of a snow-slash-sleet thing going on here on a Friday afternoon in early April here in Chicago, and I the Cubs game was you know snowed out, rained out, all that stuff, and I got to tell you, I'm getting a little fed up because... No one out here is is going to claim, going to say that, you know, April in Chicago is is beautiful in the start of spring because that's just, you know, year after year, that's not really how it goes. But I, what I'm really getting pissed off at is that, you know, like, we just keep getting these really terrible Fridays. I mean, every Friday for the last, like... Honestly, at least three to four weeks now has just been absolute garbage. And it's such a shame because Fridays are the day where it's like, I'm not going for a run outside. And I mean, I want to run outside in nice weather regardless. But, you know, my my little Friday routine in the afternoon is to go for a long walk. It's just, it's the only, like, pretty much the only time all week when I actually just like go for a walk just to go for a walk like I'm not going anywhere specifically I'm just clearing my head trying to enjoy some fresh air and I got to tell you when it's snowing and blowing in your face it's just less exciting let's uh, check for our audio check and I'll be right back to continue this rant all right, we're working. We're we're full steam ahead. We're sounding good. Both mics are working. Uh, they have a little bit of a different character to them. It's going to be a little bit harder to tell when uh, our tax, our in-house tax expert Matthew Fiedler comes on the show. It's always a treat um, because you know it's it's through FaceTime audio or whatever it is. But I I'm excited. I think this is the first time in Beantown history. That we've gone, I, I believe, and, and Matt will have to correct me if I'm incorrect, but to the best of my recollection, which isn't great, I don't think we talked about the concussion on last week's episode, which is appropriate because I probably forgot to talk about it. I guess we'll, we'll jump in there. Um, in a second here, but I don't think I don't think Matt has been on since last tax season, which is hard to believe, uh, and it's a it's a damn shame, and it's my fault. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Bean Town Podcast. Number one, will occasionally some language. Number two, this podcast is objectively terrible, but um, it's it's also exciting because we are getting Matt in the heat of tax season. I mean, guys, the tax deadline is literally a week. Away, or less than a week away, right? April 14th, is that the day? Next Friday is Good Friday. I've got it off. Thank you, Catholic school. But I believe April 14th, is that tax day? Did Biden mess that one up too? Who knows? But we're going to talk all about it with Matt. 
So you're not going to want to miss the, the second half of today's program. We're going to be talking trends from this year's tax returns. Uh, we're going to be talking what's going on with the stock market. We're going to be exploring some fun Easter crafts you can do at home this week. So there's a lot that Matt's got some insight into. You're not going to want to miss it. And I wanted to, there's kind of two things I want to jump in on. Uh, well, two and a half things. The half thing will be that, because we don't really follow it on this show, but it is worth mentioning that the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills new trailer just dropped. So if you, you weren't aware, if you were like, hey, where has that been? You're going to want to go check that out. Uh, I think they got one new cast member. And they and I think Kathy Hilton is coming on as a regular again. So there, it's going to be a lot of action. It's the exact opposite of New York in that they have like eight people now. It's a lot to manage. Uh, but yeah, you're going to have to put up with uh, Erica Jane again. I know everyone is looking forward to that. So anyways, that's uh, happening. So the two things I wanted to mention, one is is my accident because I don't think we actually talked about it last week. Um, and I, re- I recognize that most people don't know about it because I told close friends and family mostly just family actually i didn't i I told a couple friends at a you know a party last week but um otherwise i you know i wasn't on social media or anything about it because i didn't really know what to say but let's talk about that and then second we'll do a quick restaurant review we always do reviews on this show by always i mean whenever i have something to review but okay so the so I, i i run you know five days a week most of you know this it's a it's monday it's already almost Two weeks ago, it was, you know, not this past Monday, April 4th, but the Monday before that. So end of March. And, uh, you know, on my Mondays and Wednesdays, I try to run south from my office. And on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I run north, you know, up over the flyover, you know, kind of to where like Chicago meets the water. Um, you know, that, you know, four, four miles is kind of what I'm steadily doing. So when I go north, there's only really one route you can take. So when I go south, there's there's kind of two different routes you can take to hit your four miles. And the two different routes are that you can either follow the lakefront trail, which goes like under, you know, the drive that goes out to the planet. First you go around the aquarium under the drive that takes you out to the planetarium. Then you kind of follow along the Harbor. You go out to, you know, you run past soldier fields. You're, you know, between soldier field and the lake. And there's a little like uh, bar and grill, I guess. Although I don't think it's like, I don't know if there's like indoor seating. It might just be like an outdoor bar that's open during summertime. I've never actually drank there, but you know, it's kind of tucked away in this little like harbor. It's it's interesting because there's not really like parking there. There's just like a, a circle drive, um, so it's an interesting spot. I don't recall what it's called, but it's at Burnham uh, Burnham Harbor there. So that's the one route you can take, and that's where you go. Like if you want to. You know, go further than that. You go down to uh, McCormick Place. You, you know, can keep running all the way down to 31st Street Beach and beyond if you want. The other route you can take is a little bit more, you know, just a, a, a lake route, if you will. And that's when you go along the uh, cement slab. It's not the lakefront trail anymore, but you're just like running right on the water. You're not on the lakefront trail. You go around the uh, the aquarium you keep following it down, and then it's a you know classic photo spot right there. I used to go there all the time in college to just like lie out in the grass. It's a great spot. And then you can follow that concrete all the way around the planetarium. You eventually run out of real estate. Um, you have to like get up to the road to get onto Northerly Island. Anyways, so I'm running around, 
following my route, I'm almost to the turnaround point, nearly to two miles. And on the eastern edge of the uh, planetarium, it's just, it's just concrete with steps leading up to more or less the planetarium. There were these guys, and I don't, I think they were fishermen, but I don't know exactly what their deal was. And they weren't physically there at the moment that I was I was approaching what you're about to listen to. They had fishing lines running from either like the, the third or the fourth step out all the way across the concrete slab into the water, into, you know, lures or bait or whatever they were, you know, trying to do in the water. So it's a total booby trap because, you know, you can like, out of the corner of your eye see that there's something on the steps but it wasn't a it wasn't like a traditional fishing pole they were tied to like buckets or something which makes me wonder like i'm not exactly sure what they were doing but you know it's this it's this invisible wire more or less and it's about three to four feet off the ground and i'm six feet tall so you can see where this is going it also to compound matters it was a day with very choppy waves and when you get choppy waves around there it sloshes S-L-O-S-H-E-S, up onto the concrete, and it gets very slippery down there, which I'm well aware of. I, you know, run down there all the time when it's icy, when it's slippery, when it's not icy or slippery, all the, all of the above. And so you see, you know exactly what happened by this point from kind of setting the scene. I, right before I hit the fishing line, or right before I'm about to hit the fishing line, I see it. Because that's, you know, you got to be right next to it. My eyes aren't perfect either. And because it's so slippery, it's just like, you, you know, you try to stop. Because what am I going to do? I, you try to stop or you run into fishing line. You don't want to get like a hook in your eye, yada, yada, yada. So I try to hold, pull up and uh, my legs go right out from under me. I fall backwards. I think it went tailbone elbows both of them and then back of my head uh i didn't uh, as far as i remember which is kind of the key phrase in all of this because who knows i didn't like lose consciousness at any point i didn't black out i, like, I remember everything um i got lucky partially because i was wearing my winter gear because it was so cold as it often is here in chicago but it was it must have been comical to see saw my boss this later it must have been like a cartoon cuz i was wearing my vikings hat and it literally flew off my head before i hit the ground which was unfortunate so i was it was just bare skull and hair hitting the the concrete pavement which is not fun um so my tailbone was was pretty bruised up my elbows were very bruised up um probably would have been a lot bloodier if i wasn't wearing long sleeves my elbows are still like not in perfect shape um like if i still try to rest myself on like a table or something it's not to the point anymore where it's like oh ouch i can't do that but it's like oh yeah that's still painful Uh, my tailbone's in pretty good shape now my head i think is okay um i went to the immediate care right after just to get checked out and everything they said you know yeah you probably got a concussion um because it's kind of hard to you know diagnose I had a pretty bad headache for like three days after that. Um, you know, immediately after I hit the pavement, I heard some guys saying like, whoa, watch out, which I thought was funny. I'm like lying on my back. They say, watch out after I've crashed. Um, and I was like, I, I was trying to toe that line between like not wanting to be a dick because that's just not who I am. Like I just don't really have that type of personality. 
uh, but also wanting them to know, like, hey, you, you shouldn't do this. Like, there's going to be – there there's runners all the time who go around this. This isn't like, oh, I was um, the only one who's ever done this in the history of Chicago runners. Like, this happens all the time um, where, you know, you run around there. It's a very popular spot in downtown Chicago. So they were like their their thing was oh yeah it's slippery you got to watch out I'm like I didn't I didn't crash because it was slippery like I crashed because you have fishing line like a Indiana Jones movie going on here and they were like oh well we always tell people you know when they're coming around that we got fishing line there and it's like well you you didn't tell me and also like what's the what's the point of having fishing line that goes all the way from the steps out across the running path to the water. Like, why would you want that? Anyways, it was a very frustrating experience. I couldn't even run the next day. My head was just so off. Um, I'm still having, like, it's it's hard because my memory has never been amazing, but there's definitely been, like, a couple things. Just that, like, Rachel has, you know, mentioned, like, a week or two weeks ago, and, you know, I had to ask her again about it because, like, I don't, I think we talked it like I think I recall talking about this, but I don't really know what the resolution was. So it's kind of hard to know exactly what's concussion and what's just regular Quinn brain because regular Quinn brain is not always that great. So, anyways, that was Quinn's great great concussion adventure. As far as I am aware, the first time I've ever been concussed or had a big head injury like that before. So, not fun. the The worst thing about concussions is just like you don't know like. It's not, you know, like a scraped elbow where it's like, okay, yeah, once it heals, it's it's good. It's like you don't know what your head is going to do in the future, how it's going to impact you. So that's kind of like unnerving, but I can't really do anything about it. So that's just the way it is now. The other thing I want to mention, and then we're going to do actually like I'm recording this about like 2.30 in the afternoon, um, and then I'm going to go grab a, a quick walk outside it's confusing. It's sunny and it's also like sleeting out S L E E T I N G. So, which is, I just can't wait to walk into it. Um, but I, we're going to record this first half, hit pause, bring Matthew back on, uh, in a little bit here when he's available, talk taxes, ta- talk money, talk Easter. And then, uh, that'll be our show today. The other thing I want to mention, uh, we went to a, uh, Chicago restaurant week participating restaurant last night in kind of Fulton Market area called uh, Chica, not Chikorita, not the Pokemon. We've That's three straight weeks we've talked about Pokemon here on the show, but Chikitana, C-H-I-K-I-T-A-N-A. And uh, I, 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 I don't know. I, it wasn't my favorite. And uh, Rachel picked it, and that's not any sort of indictment on Rachel. It looked great on, like, Instagram, and people have given it good reviews and stuff. But I... Uh, you know, and I, I didn't tell Rachel this before we went, but I, I spent some time yesterday afternoon not knowing anything about this restaurant on Yelp, just getting a sense of like what have others been saying about it. And the reviews were a little shocking in terms of like how negative they were. And this is the type of like fancy place that's going to go up for like the Michelin stars and, you know, get in the magazines and oh yeah it's in west loop like fulton market that's the hot spot for restaurants and it's like it's that type of place cocktails are like 15 16 bucks you know it's this this type of restaurant so to see it getting reviews like that is uh it was a little unnerving so basically it wasn't it wasn't like we had a terrible experience it was just 
I wouldn't go again, I guess is all I, all I really want to say about it. So basically, to give you the quick rundown, we go in there, our, our reservations for 6.30. We arrive pretty much right at 6 o'clock sharp, knowing that we're early, and the restaurant is maybe a, a quarter of the way full. I mean, it, it looks pretty dead. And so we go to the host stand, and it's like, hey, can we, like, we're here, this is our reservation time. They're like, no, we can't seat you because there's a lot of other tables before you. And I'm like, okay, well, your, your concept makes sense on a surface level, but when you dig down, you realize it's not as if the tables who are being seated at 6, 10, 6, 15 p.m. are going to – you we can't sit at one of those tables because there aren't enough tables available, right? When we sit down at 6.30, all the people who sat down at 6.15 presumably are going to be seated. So – that didn't really make any sense to me. I don't understand. Like, I, I feel like you would want to get in people as early as possible, assuming it is possible, which it was, uh, because that way that party – look, Chicky Tana, if you're listening, I don't usually give out free business advice, but you're getting, you're getting a little tidbit right now. The earlier we sit down, the earlier we leave, the more tables you have on the back end for other people who might walk in, Okay. Just business 101, the fundamentals of business. So whatever, like, okay, that's weird because there's literally, like, just dozens of open tables here. So we go to the bar. We have a drink. Again, these, these cocktails, I didn't have a cocktail. I had a beer at the bar and then one with dinner. Um, I mean, they're, they're taxed. They're very expensive. They're mostly, like, 15 to $17, which I don't know. I'm just, like, I like a good cocktail, but... I'm just not the type of person who will pay that much money for one. So that's what we did. We go back to the host stand at 6.30. It's like, hey, we're back again. And like, oh, yeah, we got a table right here. And obviously, it's one of the mini tables that was open. So we go sit down. Uh, We're doing like the restaurant week thing, which is uh, what they call a prefix menu, meaning that you're paying a flat price to get certain courses. And you don't usually have a ton of variety. You usually have like some choices among what you get. Um, the only choices we had out of the four courses were um, in the entrees, and there are only three entrees to choose from. So that was definitely a little disappointing already. So it's been a little weird with like the timing. The drinks are expensive. It is a nice ambiance, A-M-B-I-A-N-C-E in there, um, like a cool vibe and stuff. But service so far has been like fine. Nothing really ill to speak of. So like, okay. Because that was one thing that people had talked about a lot on Yelp was service being really bad and really slow and like dismissive and stuff. So we're doing okay there so far. So we actually end up getting served by the same bartender who was our bartender earlier in the night. So he's like, oh, yeah, you're back too. Uh, Which I think is another reason why their service has had a lot of issues is because the guy who was our server was also like working the bar and stuff. So he has to like come around to the tables which just seems like, uh, I don't know, recipe for slowness, which would end up being the case. So it's a prefix menu. It's $39. You start off with chips and guac, which I thought were good. Um, the guacamole was super creamy. I like a little bit more chunk, but it's just a stylistic choice. Uh, Rachel didn't feel good after the tortilla chips. I don't know if that was a them or us kind of thing, whatever. Then the next thing was uh, easily my least favorite. It's a grilled Caesar salad. What they do is just grab a half butt of lettuce or half head of lettuce. They stick it on the grill. 
and they put it on a plate. They drizzle a very small amount of Caesar salad on it, and that's the thing. So they serve it to you. You've got to, first off, it's just my worst nightmare because if the butt of the lettuce is still on there, how do you clean it? You can't clean it. And so you got to chop the butt off. You got to, you know, cut your whole salad. It's just like very lazy. Like, this is terrible. Like, that's not the way to make a, a Caesar salad. And if you want to grill it, fine. But, like, that's just not the way to do it. Um, there wasn't very many, like, there wasn't much Caesar salad or toppings. And they must have just, like, honestly, it kind of felt like they grilled the lettuce. They washed it. And then they put the Caesar salad on because the sal- my, my lettuce was wet. So the salad wasn't sticking to the lettuce at all. It was just, like, everything I've seen go wrong and like, the Gordon Ramsay Kitchen Nightmares Hell's Kitchen videos was like happening with this Caesar salad. So that was that was really disappointing. So then uh, we have our entrees, and there's a long wait for entrees. I mean, at this point, I mean, we'd been there since 6. I don't think we got our entrees until like 7.30, 7.40, something like that. So it almost felt like an episode of Hell's Kitchen where they're like, dinner service has been going on for 90 minutes and no diners have been served. That's what it felt like. So there was a um, no- gnocchi uh, and uh, uh, oregano. No, what is it? It's a type of Mexican meat, right? Why can't I think of what it is? Gnocchi and chorizo dish that I got and Rachel got this this chicken dish. We'll we'll go one at a time here. And I'll try to be brief so we can, you know, get to part two of our episode here today. But the chorizo and gnocchi was not my favorite. I thought flavor wise it was fine. The sauce they had it in just felt like it came straight out of a can. It was very just like not inspired. Um, the chorizo tasted great. The gnocchi was super soft, almost a little bit too soft. I don't know if that's just like my personal preference or if that's how gnocchi is like traditionally served, but this was like really soft, like felt like it had been cooked for about two or three minutes too long. Um, And it was just such a small portion. I mean, like there had to have only been like seven or eight gnocchi in that dish. Um, So it's just like really small. I was like, okay, whatever. This is just, I felt it could have been so much better. The real travesty was Rachel's dish, and I felt terrible that this is what she got. So it's essentially like a a stone bowl, and there's like chopped and like toasted, roasted, whatever, vermicelli noodles. These super tiny little thin guys. So they were chopped into segments that were maybe, I don't know, three to four inches long. And they were just like burnt. Around the side of the the bowl, they were like stuck to the bowl because they were burnt. And it's like, whose idea was this? It's it's. And I'd read other reviews that mentioned this as well. So it's like clearly a artistic choice, or else their chefs just suck. So you had that, and they just really didn't have any flavor. It was just kind of like bland, burnt noodles. And it's like, okay, this is kind of weird. And then on top of that, you got like a fried chicken breast, which was fine, but just like weird to put with noodles without any really like sauce or anything and then the kicker for me just make making zero sense on one side you got like a whole bunch of diced jalapenos and like cheese and it's like what it what is this chicken burnt noodles jalapenos with the seeds removed so you're not getting any like it's not like oh it's a hot dish no all the seeds taken out so you're really getting almost no flavor from the jalapenos and then 
weird cheese. And it's just like, I don't, you know, I, I, I ate it cause we paid a lot of money. I mean, the whole thing with our, okay. If you include our first drinks too, the whole thing was maybe like $170, um, which is a lot of money when you work in education. So I was like, I'm going to get full at least, but it was just a very bizarre choice. And then, you know, you, you kick it, you, 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 the, the caboose, you figure, Hey, dessert, it's going to be good. Right. It's a very, very small slice. Calling it a slice is an injustice of chocolate cake and just extremely dry, which also felt like a clear intentional choice. Other people had mentioned this on Yelp as well, but it's just like, what, like why with like four berries on the side, I think a blueberry, a blackberry, half a strawberry, something like that. But it's just like, I don't understand this was a clear culinary decision to serve an ex- a super dry, very small slice of cake. And it, honestly, the whole thing just felt like the chefs did not have any idea what, you know, they were doing. And it felt like they were just trying to, you know, scam you out of money with the restaurant week and the super small portions. Rachel's dish was not small portions, but mine was. So I don't understand, like, is it just a very difference, very big difference in the size of the dishes. Um, and it was just, I don't know, like, to pay $170 tax and tip for drinks and dinner just for, like, a very bizarre meal was uh, left a bad taste in my mouth. Let's just put it that way. So that was my restaurant review. Not great. Not my favorite. But I'm glad I got to spend the night uh, out with Rachel because she's the love of my life. I want to give a shout-out to our sponsors, Home Pride Oregon. And I was just on HomePrideOregon.com the other day, and I got an idea. Hey, let's get some more headshots of you in there, Pop. I think that would be good. I think that people want to see a friendly face. We should put those front and center on the website. Give it a little inspiring new uh, refreshment. Uh, Also, our friends at Cuts by Q, I did a little trim. I think I promised you last week that this was going to happen. So I trimmed down the back uh, quite a bit, and I trimmed around the ears, that sort of thing. And uh, I think it's just a little bit more of a, a fresh new look, a fresh new take on Quinn David Furnace. And then our good friends, the Samson Q2U series, uh, for the first time since our telethon, pulling some double duty today. And we're going to put uh, microphone number two into action in just a hot second here. Um, with that, uh, we are going to take a pause. I'm going to go for a quick walk. Uh, and when we come back, uh, which will be instantaneous for you all, the listener, the magic of the podcast, we are going to be joined by special guest, Longtime friend of the podcast, Matthew Fiedler. So we'll see you in a little bit. And welcome back to uh, the second half of Quinn David Furnace Presents the Beantown Podcast. You know him, you love him from year four of the show, year three of the show, year two of the show, year one of the show, and our infamous Beantown Unplugged live from the basement. It's our uh, tax, money, and Easter crafts extraordinaire Matthew Feeder, welcome back to the program. How are you doing today? Uh, not too bad. Uh, you could always be better. You could always be worse, right? I'm not gonna complain. I, I will say it's a little presumptuous to say you know him, you love him. I, I don't know how many of your listeners know me, and then I think so that segments it a little bit, and then the ones that love me are probably even more segmented because I don't think my mom listens to your podcast. I'm gonna be honest with you. 
Well, that's a tougher one for reasons we won't get into, but yeah, maybe I need to figure out like a, maybe there needs to be a Beantown podcast Braille book or not Braille, but like live, live captions or something. I don't know. Like you could, I mean, I think those are auto generated on YouTube, right? You could, uh, uh, if you lean a little bit heavier on your, uh, your YouTube content, which I, I I'm a fan of, I always like to. To watch it, it's like a, a, a one-way FaceTime, right? I can just creepily watch you as I'm eating chips and, like, message you as you're talking, so. That's true. Yeah, the, the YouTube stuff is, uh, it's fun when I get it going, but, you know, it's just, it's a whole big production. It takes an extra two to three minutes out of my day, and, you know, time is money. Hey, I was, oh, I know. You know, ti- I know. time is money. Have you ever seen that movie Wall Street with Michael Douglas? You know what? I don't think I've actually watched Wall Street, and I don't think I've ever watched the full Wolf of Wall Street. Gonna be honest with you, I've never seen either. Okay, so we're in the same boat there. Yeah, so at the end, we'll ask you for your uh, your star rating on those films. <laughs> I mean, I really can't. I really can't. I even have to get back to you to give it an honest an honest review. I will say this though: something that was kind of funny to me. Um, a little bit of backstory for for the listeners. Uh, Quinn's a busy guy, as you may know. He's got a lot of projects, and he, he dabbles in a lot. But we're trying to figure out a time that works best to actually record this podcast. We're going back and forth with with schedules and stuff like that, and uh, trying to carve out time here and there. And I feel like we we're old people now, Quinn, because. It's like if we have one thing that's going on that day, it's like that just throws off the whole day, right? Like if you have a doctor's appointment for an hour, it's like, I can't do that day. You know, it's all done. Meanwhile, we could have probably fit in a a podcast episode in like 20, 30 minutes, right? And that's that's normally how long it takes me to to use the restroom and scroll through Instagram. So I'm I'm glad we found the time to do this. Well, you're not wrong. When we were... uh... Younger chaps and you know, running our old show, which I, I, White Noise, is that what it was called? You know, we'd be 3 a.m. recordings and, you know, 1030 meetings and, you know, hitting the writer's room on the way to, you know, work in the morning. And it's just, you know, all over the place. But nowadays, you're right. It's uh, life comes at you fast and we don't even have kids yet. So we got that coming. Yeah, I don't know. I, okay, so I think my view of, of kids has evolved a little bit um, as time has gone on. I think when I was younger, I mean, we come from, you know, fairly large to medium-sized families, right? And I look back and I say to my mom, like, how the hell did you ever do this? I don't think, I don't know. I don't think I should be trusted to mold young minds. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm barely responsible for myself, let alone... Uh, small little ones right i don't i just don't see that ending well you you could mold i think you could mold <laughs> Mold. oh yeah you got mold you can yeah, mold well, yeah. my shower's got mold i'm moving out of here in a month and a half i can't wait it's it's been a harrowing experience but it's a hey hey is it snowing you, by you sorry to go off topic snowing. yeah no, i love this snowing. i literally just looked out the window and i saw the snow and i I don't know. This is this is kind of uh, this is unfortunate. I, so just before um, uh, we kind of started recording here, um, we were talking about like moving in, in different places. I don't know why I still live in the same place. If I, I like, I kind of hate this weather. 
Midwest is not best when it comes to weather. Uh, and in my opinion, it's snowing and it's like we're at the, the end of the first week in April. It's pretty egregious. Well, I was, I was, I think I mentioned this earlier just on this particular show. Um, our Fridays, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I noticed this very clearly because Fridays are my work from home day. We're on like three or four straight Fridays that have just been total garbage, either just overwhelmingly windy, at least where I am, or you know, days like today where you get precipitation and it's like 30s and 40s. And it's such a bummer because all I want to do is like, you know, just like go be outside and like, you know, check the emails to make sure I'm not missing anything, but otherwise just like get some fresh air and stuff. But man, the last couple of Fridays have just been not good. So not good I don't indeed. Know. I, will, I will say that's typically how it works. I, we were getting, geez, there were stretches of like, what, six, high 60s, low 70 degree weather. And then the weekend comes and like yep. the, the time that I can actually emerge from my my cave um, and be outside and it's just crappy outside. Yeah. As luck would have it. You're absolutely right. Well, well, speaking of uh, a crappy, you know, I know this tax season has been a little uh, tough on some of us, not for those who got a, finally a positive refund from the IRS this year, but for those who work full time uh, in the field or related fields, which is why we're so happy, as always, to have you on this show. And I think that this is the closest to the tax deadline we've ever actually gotten you live on air, which is super exciting. And uh, why don't you, for, for those who might be new to the show, such as our listeners from Pakistan, Hyderabad, Islamabad, Khyber Pass, if this is your first tax special ever, Matt, why don't you give us a, a brief introduction to your background and you know your score on those CPA exams and what you do professionally now because of those scores? What, what I do professionally, huh? Well... It is a little bit of a racket. So if I boil down what I do on a daily basis, essentially um, I look at numbers that a client gives me and then I try to say, "Mm, do these numbers seem right or do they seem wrong? And then I get support for those and, and then we're good. That's, I mean, like boiled down, that's as simple as it can get. Now there's a lot more involved, but I feel like if I start doing that, you're going to lose probably those listeners that you had mentioned earlier. Um, I have very limited tax experience, which is every year I, I'm baffled that uh, I am the the best resource that you can come up with for uh, for your for your tax. You got questions. a low budget. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> I'll do it on the goodness of my heart. Maybe that's the best offer that you've gotten so far is, is free. Uh, but unless someone starts paying you to come on, maybe I'll just be the the mainstay every year. Um, but yeah, so I, I I have done taxes. I still do my own, um, but. I use TurboTax like probably a, a good chunk of, uh, of you all do, I would assume. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds fancy. I use this is an upgrade now from Tax Slayer, which I used to use uh, when I was even poorer several years ago. <laughs> um, but uh, luckily for me, I, I, I'm able to find discount codes every year and get like 20 bucks off or something like that. So that, that's pretty exciting. Um, but so I have done some taxes. I've done some smaller corporation taxes when I kind of started out my career. But uh, mainly, what I do now is I will audit um, uh, in uh, public accounting. Uh, so it, it's as exciting as it sounds. Uh, and if you don't think it sounds exciting, then 
contact me directly. I will try to make it sound as appealing as possible. But uh, uh, it's pretty great. I get to use Excel every day, crunch numbers, as uh, as I'm sure most of you would uh, assume. Uh, but yeah, so there's a little bit of my background in uh, at least the, the field of finance. Now, something that is kind of kind of a, a small passion of mine. I think a lot of people kind of dabbled in this when they were starting to get their stimulus checks um, uh, in, in 2020 and a little bit kind of coming through in 2021 was investing. And I've learned that uh, you could be a really smart investor when the market's going up. It's when it uh, doesn't always just continually go up. That's what, make, that's what uh, separates the uh, good investors from the the uh, the bandwagon investors, but that's that's pretty fun as well. Well, I got a couple points here, and you actually brought us to to number two uh, on okay. my my talking points. But first thing I wanted to say, I feel obligated to say that the Beantown Podcast does not have any formal relationship with TurboTax. We do not endorse TurboTax; they're not a sponsor of the show. Uh, whereas I think you should consider checking out Free Tax USA next year oh, okay. so you're not getting okay. ripped off by turbo tax no big government <laughs> lobbying joe biden won't have any hands in your tax returns this year because uh, turbo tax those guys are probably a bunch of commies so uh you got okay. us to investing and my my next question that i would i'm hoping you can answer in let's say 28 minutes or less what's the deal with the economy well, that's a very good question. I, I'm glad you brought that up. I, there's a lot of things that kind of have created the perfect storm. Uh, I think there's a lot of uncertainty, as we kind of saw in 2020. Um, there's a lot of um, international crisis or crises that are occurring, obviously, with, with Russia uh, and Ukraine. And just politically, I think our country is at a very uh, interesting or pivotal uh, point in time, which I think um, the, the next generation will look back and see this um, as a very interesting few years. You know, obviously we have the whole virus uh, pandemic uh, situation which occurred and how we responded to that. Um, and I think as, as long as things are controversial um, and people are talking about it, um, that's kind of the important thing, right? I think for a long period of time, um, whether it was because of a, a lack of social media or um, internet, right? Because something could happen anywhere in the world and we could know probably within an hour, you know, whereas before you have to wait to, to get your, your uh, local paper. <laughs> uh, and sometimes that stuff would not be documented. But now we know as much as we want to know. It's almost an over, overflow of info. And, uh, and I guess the one thing that I would say is b- because of that, um, I would hope that us as like a uh, society or humanity in, in general is held a little bit more accountable to the things that we do, the things that we say, the actions that we, that we take. Um, so I, in terms of the market in total, and I said, I guess when I say market, I'm thinking more so stock market, but that's kind of a derivative of the economy, right? Um, a lot of that's perception. I would say there's a good chunk of it that's based on actual concrete numbers company's performances but i would say if you're an investor you're probably not a great investor unless you understand that there's a little bit of a uh, psychological aspect to it as well because perception of of the value of something is almost as compelling as the value itself 
so I, I think there's a lot of things that are at play and I guess in a roundabout way I didn't quite answer your question uh, but I do think that it can be boiled down to a se- you know several things people kind of trying to get back to a sense of normalcy um, and also uh, the normalcy that we're getting back to is being challenged by things that are happening internationally and but also here at home too as we try to try to wrestle with uh, themes that have been existent for quite a while I would say in our in our country so I'm glad you mentioned roundabouts because my next question okay. is more about you always have to go around twice I think that's the rule right well, I was going to say, so some people love them, some people hate them, and some people drive right through them. What are your thoughts on roundabouts, and what do you see as the future of traffic in the United States? Well, if you asked me, um, and you did, I, I think the only way you can call it a roundabout is if you actually make a complete circle, right, because circles are round. And if you're just kind of doing the whole, like, I'm driving – straight like if there's a normal intersection i'd just be going straight then you're, you're really not using the roundabout the way that it, that it was created right you have to you have to go around it at least once make a loop i think those are the rules um i think uh now our um idot would probably say differently um and anybody that <laughs> anybody that's involved with uh, the u.s government i don't know i guess who's in who's in control of the the u.s highways um but I, I don't think they would probably agree with that. But I will say uh, about 90% of the time that I go through a roundabout, there's always someone that doesn't know what they're doing. Uh, it's just not that common. Um, what was the next part of that question? <laughs> I think I, I really hammered the roundabout question, but I don't remember the last part. Have you seen the movie Traffic? And regardless of your answer there, what do you think is the future of traffic in the United States? Oh, what, oh what's the, the future of traffic? Okay, well, um, I have not seen the movie Traffic. Um, I assume that it's somewhat boring. I, I, I feel like there could be a really satirical movie written called Traffic where it just kind of is like a camera view from the backseat filming the, filming the driver stuck for an hour and, and a half and just like slowly inching up every, you know, five minutes that could be maybe exciting a kind of melodramatic type of type of movie future of traffic i would say um the reason why traffic we have so much uh congestion is because we're humans and we're selfish and you always want to go faster than the other person or get to because where you need to go is the most important place to be right so i think as we kind of uh merge onto um, as ai becomes probably a little bit more prevalent uh, and this really doesn't have to be an electric car thing, but I think that uh, the perception of electric cars are they're quote-unquote smarter, right? Um, but as we transition to that direction, I would say traffic should get better, right? Um, cars can communicate with each other if these are implemented correctly, and one, hopefully avoid accidents between cars and also figure out the best ways to merge, pass, take exits, things like that. Um, so I, am optimistic, but at the same time, I don't know, working remotely for a long period of time, I'm okay not driving every day. You know what I mean? Um, so I considering that and, the the current cost of gas prices, I'm okay if, uh, if I don't really have to drive as frequently as I used to. So, mm. well, I'm glad you mentioned, uh, traffic because that's a great, 
Michael Douglas film. We already mentioned Wall Street. He's gonna, man, Michael Douglas is getting a lot of airtime, dude. He gets around. So my next question was going to be, hey, what's your favorite Michael Douglas film? Oh, that's a good question. Um, and have you seen the film Falling Down? I don't know if I've seen a film Falling Ooh, Down. That's a great one. I, now, I think uh, Emilio Estevez is his son, right? Or no? I No. Looks, <laughs> I don't think so. I, I don't know. They look in my, when I picture them in my head, they look somewhat similar. I'll Which, look, I'll look it Emilio, up. Um, oh, okay. Emilio Estevez and Charlie Sheen are like half-brothers, though, right? Yeah. So Emilio okay. Estevez is the son of Martin Sheen. Okay, that's who it is. And Mark his Sheen, older brother is Charlie Sheen. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. I, I get uh, I get the um, Sheen confused with, with Douglas. Uh, Michael Douglas' dad I, is Kirk Douglas, who's very famous from, like, uh, there's that one World War One movie, some Paths of Glory, I think it's called. Okay. Yeah, and he just passed away a couple years ago. He was, like, 170 or something. Jeez. So I... I'm doing a quick IMBD search on Michael Douglas because there is a movie that I have seen from him, and I it was actually pretty good. Uh, I know it wasn't Basic Instinct. Um, oh, that movie's great. I know he was in Ant Man, but that's also not what I'm thinking of. I think it was a movie where he was uh, he was the president. Oh, you're probably thinking of Ant Man Two. Maybe it's called The American President. That sounds like it could be a Michael Douglas movie. I've also seen The Sentinel. That was actually a pretty oh, good with, movie. Oh, with well. uh, with uh, Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I, I watched that on a portable DVD player in the back of a car one time. Oh, geez. It's That's got uh, better than the movie itself. Is that uh, Ava Longoria? Is she in that one? I think she. Yeah, she is. Wow, what a picture! Man, she hasn't done much in a while. I don't. At least not that I'm aware of. The, the whole Desperate Housewives cast has been a little quiet lately. Yeah. Well, for the record, my favorite Michael Douglas movie is Basic Instinct. If you've never seen it, just for the listeners, it's a fantastic psycho thriller. Sharon Stone's unforgettable. It's it's. I loved it. I I laughed. I cried. All the emotions. So I guess this is something that I I I didn't know about him, uh, but it's noted as IMDb, so I might as well just reference it. So one of his trademarks is having a gravelly, smoke-burnished voice. Mm, Smoke-burnished, did you say? Yeah, smoke-burnished. That's literally what it says. I'm not making this up. I'm not that creative. Wow, that's a good word. You could use that in a uh, Hallstrom essay. Yeah, I feel like I I, I, uh, aspire to live a life that... uh, at one point, they could say things about me, uh, you know, such a creative tagline. Sure, sure, sure. Well, we've, uh, we're, we're getting closer to the end here. I've got two more things, two more pieces of business I want to take care of. First is going to okay. be our, well, actually, no, three more. I'm wondering if I could uh, get your help on this next segment here. It's a classic Beantown podcast segment. It's called Interview with a Dog. And you have a dog, and they don't really need to be close to the microphone for this to work. It just has to sort of happen. So uh, why don't you introduce today's uh, interviewee, and we'll, we'll go from there. Okay, yeah, so I just had to wake up uh, the interviewee from, from Matt. I don't think he's really happy with me, but 
This is Jordy. Uh, Jordy, can you can you say a few words? No, he's just stretching and he just farted. Okay, oh, so there I we think go. that might be as much as we're <laughs> as we're gonna get out of him. So. Well, thank you to Jordy for coming on. <laughs> Another classic installment of Beantown Podcast, probably longest running segment at this point, interview with a dog. Uh, Piece number two is going to be our lightning round, so I hope you're ready. I got four questions for you. You got to answer right away. Okay. All right, and it's going to be very snappy. This segment's going to take like 10 seconds. You ready? Okay. All right, one is, the first one's referencing something you just mentioned a little bit ago. iDot or iPod? iPod. Apple or Android? Uh, yeah, either. Ooh. Putin or either. pudding? Uh, pudding, please. Taxes or faxes? Um, uh, let's, okay, I, I guess taxes because they're, they're somewhat necessary, but faxes, let's make those cool again. Right? Yeah. I, I just, I just learned the other day, you can send faxes from your computer, uh, via an email, <laughs> so you can literally email a fax to somebody and it comes out as a fax on the other end that's pretty if that's not cutting edge technology folks i don't i don't know what is what is what what's even the derivation the word history of the word fax what does that mean um i'm gonna be honest i really don't know um i'm sure it's probably shorthand for something right i suppose i have no idea I learned something. Uh, oh, it's, it's, it's short for a facsimile, which is weird because there's no X in mm-mm. that word. No, so there isn't. I don't isn't. know where the hell they got that. But. Someone was cutting corners. No, I learned a word. Tele- uh, telefax. Yeah, telefax. Sounds like a Canadian city or something. Um, yeah. I learned a word when I was listening to the It's Always Sunny podcast uh, this past week. And um, it, it's like... A, it's a maybe you know the term. The shorthand is vig, V-I-G, and it's short for vigorish. But essentially, it's just it's like the same thing as interest, but it's it's like the fee charged by a bookie for accepting a gambler's wager. So it's kind of like interest, but it's like a bookie's fee basically. But oh, now, yeah, okay. now that you know uh, the word vig, you'll sound really cool next time you go do all your sports betting. Okay. Sounds good. I, I don't uh, currently have just a bunch of excess cash that I'm willing to throw in uh, in my sports betting pool. Uh, I'll tell you this, March Madness, um, I don't know if you filled out a bracket this year. Oh, I feel it like was ugly. That you probably do. Oh, yeah. Um, but unfortunately, I picked Kentucky. And, Ooh. Uh, <laughs> we, know, we know how that went. And I, I knew very quickly, too, because it was, a, it was an office pool. And... Uh, Literally after like first day in the in the in the March Madness, right? Literally everybody at work messages me saying, "Huh, Kentucky, huh?" Mm. And and that was the quickest twenty bucks I ever spent on a uh, um, sports betting pool. But it is what it is. Well, it can it can go up. Things I can control. Oh, I mean, you gotta you gotta go in for March Madness. Everyone's got a chance. Just and I won't name names, but the friend who won our pool. Not only won the pool the night that Kansas won the national championship because that was her pick, and it was down to two people, the person who picked Kansas and the person who picked uh, 
you know, whomever else played North Carolina, but also in a separate unrelated bet, this friend put down $10 to pick the exact correct final score with the right winning team. And they nailed it and they won a couple thousand dollars. So we have been promised the friend that the text group has been promised a first. It was a steak dinner. It's been downgraded to a pizza party, but I'm just hoping we, we don't move any further else. It's going to be like those little, Chiclet candies you'd get at Hallstrom or something. I think I could split the diff and just do like steak on pizza, right? Have you ever had steak as a pizza topping? No, have you? Yeah, I mean it wasn't great. It was like it was just okay. Uh, have you ever been to Capri in Rockford? It's a pizza place. Yeah, I, I took my homecoming date there once. Okay, yeah. So they offer uh, steak on a pizza, and I, my dad just loves it. I, personally, I don't get the. I don't get the appeal because it just ends up you end up just chewing a lot because it's not like high sure. quality steak. It's just like steak that that's probably worth a dollar fifty because that's oh, yeah. how much they charge for you to. Have it. Um, Picked but, up at uh, the uh, clearance rack at the Logley, probably. That's probably true. <laughs> um, no, fifteen-year-old Qu- Quinn could absolutely not afford getting a steak on his pizza when he was picking up the bill. So. I'm pretty sure I did not try that. I do know that 15 year old Quinn could afford a dollar sleeve of uh, those sandwich cookies, though. Well, who couldn't? And, and you boy, know, <laughs> boy, did you do damage to those? <laughs> <laughs> They're delicious. <laughs> They're just okay. I, I feel like here's the deal: you can have, and as we grow older, this has probably become a little bit more obvious. Your the brand recognition that you have when you grow up, you're probably more likely to buy the brands that your parents did, right? You're kind of you've been exposed to them and stuff but w- when you move out on your own you're like geez what's what's the lowest i can spend to get what i need to get like fish soap or stuff like that and you realize that most of the stuff's pretty interchangeable like you can get a bag of chips that tastes about the same when it comes to sandwich cookies though i don't think that that holds up oreos taste like oreos i don't i have yet to find a generic version of oreos that tastes as good um that's that's one thing that I, I i don't think you really can trade off i don't know why i don't know if they're sprinkling some uh msg or some type of enhancer in there but i i would argue that oreos taste way better than the, the generic sandwich cookies that's fair i don't buy as many sandwich cookies in this day and age because those babies go straight to my hips but i will absolutely take your word for it yeah I got I got one more uh, kind of question slash segment here, and this was promised uh, in advance of our taping via text. So I hope you prepared. Uh, we're gonna kind of go today show style on it, like third hour today show, because this is the end of okay. uh, today's Beantown podcast. And I'm kind of curious, what's a fun Easter craft that you could make uh, at home this Easter season? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna dig way back into the the days of my youth. Um, so when we were younger, we used to, uh, it, this is not like new or crazy, and I'm sure a lot of households do it, uh, but we used to dye eggs. And uh, the idea was to dye eggs. Mostly we dyed everything else and parts of eggs. Um, pretty much it was our hands that got dyed mostly, but then we would get kind of creative and, you know, put rubber bands on the eggs, dip them in one color, take them off, dip them in another color. It's a little messy. Um, I'm really not sure about the safety. I'm sure, I feel like the dye was probably food grade. Uh, 
but I would double check probably before doing that with, uh, with, uh, yeah, at home with your children. Um, so that's something that's kind of fun. Um, that's pretty much it. That's kind of all that we did as kids. And then we would like, uh, pack Easter eggs and stuff like that. And then they would be hidden from us. So a pretty typical, maybe experience. I, I guess I don't know what kids are doing for uh, Easter these days. Oh, they're playing Fortnite uh, and, you know, they're yeah. TikToking and, you know, you got to dress up as the Easter bunny and do the TikTok hop is what I heard oh, is happening is this that, year. Is that a thing? See, I no, it's not, but TikTok, it is now. And I think, I think I'm better for it. Um, no, I've never had it in my life. It's, to be fair, uh, though, I think uh, the iteration is this. You... There's TikTok videos, um, and then those are like screen recorded or exported at low quality and uh, uploaded to Instagram. Sure. And then those on Instagram are screen recorded and uploaded to YouTube Shorts. Mm. So I do occasionally watch YouTube Shorts, so I'm getting like the lowest quality of that iteration of TikTok video, I feel like. Um, but I, I just I, I can't make the jump into the TikTok world. It's just too foreign for me yeah thanks china remember yeah. when remember when trump was going to ban tiktok that would have got my vote for re-election <laughs> well i think tiktok used to be musically right it's it was originally a different app called yeah yeah gotcha. exactly what you're okay. saying yeah i just recognize what you're actually saying yeah it that's what like it used a, to be lip sync type of thing and then it just kind of evolved into um the uh, quote-unquote because they call them TikTok dances, but it's really like movement from your hips up, you know? Like oh, yeah. There's not a whole lot of footwork. When we were kids, it was all about footwork, and now mm. nobody cares because, yep. yep. you know, you have, to stay in that, you have to stay in that vertical format. Sure. So you can't move around too much. But Hey, maybe you could uh, – maybe your new persona could be the TikTok taxer. Yeah, we, we can workshop that, maybe. <laughs> I just gave you a golden <laughs> ticket, Wonka style. <laughs> golden, golden ticket. Ah, oh, silver. I mean, like, it's up there. I don't know if it's the highest, highest value thing that you could have given me. Hey, I got one final question for you. Who is yeah, your favorite Wonka kid? Uh, are we talking, like, in terms of, like, the movie? The just, just the character. Um. I don't know. I think it's so cliche to say just Charlie, right? Well, yeah, he's um, boring. What's the name of, what's the, name of the um, larger larger boy who fell in the chocolate lake? A- Augustus Gloop. Just, yeah, well, he scared the hell out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is just, uh, if, I'm thinking in some roundabout way, this was, uh, uh, this the story's attempts to encourage kids to eat healthy and, and mind their vegetables. Um, and I and I agree with that message, but I don't know. That was a little aggressive to go down the way that he went down. So, <laughs> well, I'm a big Mike TV fan. I mean, that kid was a visionary, and he got second prize. That's not so bad. So that's not bad. Second is not too bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, number two is just you know, it's second place. It's first place. So that's true. That's true. Kind of like your March Madness bracket. It's like losing, but with experience. Sure. Yeah. Kind of like yeah. the Cubs this year. Although, hey, yeah. one, one and oh, baby. Hey, yeah. You know what? I, I'm posting everywhere. I'm saying, hey, this is the year. I'm defeated. Here we go. And uh, 
and then I will delete that in a day or two. <laughs> Tomorrow. Did you see yeah. how the White Sox game ended this afternoon? I did not. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I have seen no baseball yet this season. So, well, I'll, I'll, so the listeners don't have to listen to this because we're hitting the hour mark as we speak. I'll I'll cut, hold on to you for five seconds as we hop off the air. Ooh, and top I'll, secret stuff. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's it's you know no one's going to be able to look up how the Tigers versus White Sox April eighth game <laughs> ended. So you missed the boat. Exactly. But, uh, Matt Feeler, I want to thank you so much for coming on the program. It's a pleasure, as always. Anything final that you want to give a plug to? Uh, not really. Just yeah. uh, be good people, be nice to other people, life short, enjoy it. That's, that's it. That's all I guess all I have to say. Oh, and file your taxes by the 18th. I feel like I am required to say that. So Yes, he's legally mandated. <laughs> Something well, like that. Yeah, thank, thanks so much for coming on. I'll, I'll hold on to you for one second here as we wrap up, and I'll give you the, the play-by-play breakdown because it was hilarious. Um, but uh, everyone, we'll get our outro music going. Thanks for listening. Long episode, but I appreciate you sticking around. So stay safe, stay sane. Easter special next weekend. I'll check in on you next time. Bye. Bye.